0: Welcome to the under eight podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes at the time of recording. It is Sunday, December 10th, 440 in the afternoon. My name is Josh Malnex on today's pod. Number one, Arizona cruises against Wisconsin, Purdue and Tennessee get good high major wins over the weekend. It's all right now on the under eight podcast. Last week, Josh, we talked about, that's Josh Doring, by the way, at Josh Doring, Joshua Doring 98 on Twitter. Josh, we talked about if Wisconsin could go into the McHale Center and knock off number one Arizona might be the most impressive seven days of the entire season from any team. Uh, not the case. 98-73, Arizona takes care of business. The number one team in the country
1: continues to cruise. It was a valiant effort to try and pull off the third part of the trifecta mm-hmm. and, uh, Yeah, it didn't happen for the Badgers. (laughs) Now, and you texted me this, you know, it's not every day you lose that emphatically and go 10 of 21 from three. Mm -hmm. But that's what happens when the other team goes 12 of 26, attempts 18 more free throws, and shoots 17% better from the field, and has 26 assists.
0: And only seven turnovers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not like Wisconsin did anything wrong. It was just one of those games where whatever defensive advantage they were supposed to have as a good defensive team wasn't there because Arizona's offense was just that good, which Mm -hmm. it happens sometimes. When everything's clicking, this is what it looks like. Their ceiling is incredibly high, and that's what we saw here.
0: Yeah, you know, it was a a full-fledged, five man performance from the Arizona starting lineup, all five guys in double figures. It was led by one Caleb love and one Pell Larson. They had 20 and 21 respectively. Larson 21, four and four, six of six from the field, four, four from the three point line, Caleb love seven of 13, which might as well be six of six from the floor. When it's Caleb love, he had 25 assists, seven rebounds, two steals, Kyle Boswell, 10 points, nine assists to just two turnovers. Uh, do they have the best perimeter group in the country right now between those three guys?
1: Oof. Yeah, Trio? Trio. I, I mean, I'm th- just thinking off the top of my head, other teams. Creighton's got to be up there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's better, though.
0: Marquette's got to be up there.
1: Yeah, who's the third person, though?
0: Third person is fair. Third person is fair. The two when you when you take K- the top Cam Jones two, and Tyler
1: Colic nice. are definitely in that conversation for a duo. Sure, uh, UConn potentially it's not there yet. It's a though, pretty outside good one. Of Tristan Newton.
0: Yeah. the The ceiling for that the ceiling of that trio is definitely there, but yeah, I would agree yeah. it's not there quite
1: yet. Uh, my miss, I mean, Duke was supposed to be that team, but mm-hmm. right now they're not. Uh, can
0: i can i throw houston at you sure lj crier jamal shed i don't know you could pick another guy
1: yeah they're definitely in that conversation baylor might be in that conversation i mean kind of sort of kansas but and definitely not taking definitely not taking kansas over arizona Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and the other thing too is that four of the five starters had more than four assists.
0: Yep, past the craft. sorry, the
1: at least four assists. Yeah, mm-hmm. Umar Bala was the only one, and obviously that's not his job. Yep, they, that was always going to be a difficult task, and yeah, it was a little too much for the Badgers. I'm not concerned about it. I still feel the same way about Wisconsin. They just had a picked picked the wrong day to go to the McHale Center. Basically. Yeah,
0: they are, they are so, they are so good, but they're just all over the floor, fifth and offense, second in defense, they're fourth in tempo, uh, 111th in turnover percentage, which like when you're fourth in tempo isn't horrible. Yeah. Um, 11th in effective field goal percentage, top 10 in both offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding. They're first in the country in opponents, offensive rebounding percentage, a uh, top 26 in three point and two point field goal percentage. They are, they are just a well-oiled machine. And we talked about it a little bit. They hadn't been super convincing against the best teams that they had played. And I think Wisconsin had been good enough thus far that completely dominating Wisconsin is, is can count as a really good team. They played in a very convincing way.
1: Yes. This is the kind of performance we hadn't seen yet. I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah. 98
0: 73 and the Wildcats. Tommy Lloyd's Wildcats will be the number one team in the country come Monday's AP poll. Next up number 17 Tennessee number 20 Illinois 86 79 for the volunteers. Another team. That had all five scores in the starting lineup in double figures. Dalton connect twenty one point seven to fourteen from the field to lead all scores, all Tennessee scores, excuse me. But um, uh, a, a pretty balanced effort all the way around. You shoot twenty seven to sixty from the field, get to the free throw line thirty four times, and uh, Tennessee uh, opponents put up seventy nine, and they they win a game with eighty six.
1: So many free throws in this game so many mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> more importantly though yeah quincy garrier taron shannon both had 22 it was very that the contrast between the two teams was stark because you had this right like you said well-balanced attack from tennessee where everybody's contributing you had the two guys get 44 40, 44 between them marcus Domask, two of 11
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> ty rogers didn't attempt a field goal they had nine points between them. That's just not enough to beat Tennessee when Tennessee is playing well. Tennessee, 38-24 edge in points in the paint. 21 assists to Illinois' is nine. They were just a better offensive team. Most importantly out of all of this, though, I want to end with this stat. Because I this is what I was thinking about in the aftermath of this game. Tennessee is now 2-2 two and two when allowing more than 70 points this season. Would you like to? I don't know if you've seen this yet in our rundown. If you haven't, would you like to guess what their record was last season in games where they gave up seventy or more points?
0: Maybe I it was have not looked. I, okay. would, I have not looked. I will guess. Is this like total record or win percentage? Or, or? I'm not looking.
1: Yeah, let's. Okay, I'll tell you it happened six times.
0: Okay, they how were. Many, how
1: many of them did they win? One. Correct.
0: Sure, and Patting I mean the myself two losses. The back here.
1: Very nice, very nice. The two losses this season are Purdue, Purdue and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They win some of them, they lose some of them. That's what's supposed to happen. This is every time they play. The longer we get into the season, the more Dalton Connect just goes and scores twenty points every game. Mm-hmm. The more that this is absolutely a sustainable way to win in the NCAA tournament because they can go score eighty-five when they need to, and they can hold you to fifty-six when they need to. This is. I'm almost to the point where I don't even care what their record ends up being, as long as they play pretty well in the sec that I am just so convinced that this is a perfect formula that they've never had before.
0: It is, it is definitely way closer to a sustainable, you know, three weekends in a row in March kind of deal. It is definitely the closest that we've seen from, from Rick Barnes, squad in, in quite a while. It'll, you know, we'll see. I don't love that their two worst performances offensively did come against Purdue and Kansas. So, at some point you got to like have it's just a lot tougher to hold Purdue to 56 than Syracuse to 56. Sure. And so that's that's not really a question we can answer until March, but that would be the only thing that I would that makes my ears perk up, but um but it is what it is. I your general point I completely agree with.
1: Yeah, just I'm not entirely sure how high their ceiling is in terms of, can they beat the best teams in the country? Sure. Right. Because they, they are very much who they are and not much is going to change, mm-hmm. but the floor is way higher because there are fewer things or more things that need to go wrong for them to lose games now, other than just they couldn't score because
0: I'd be, be very surprised if they get exit the NCAA tournament, losing 62 to 55 this year. Right. would be very, right. very surprised, which is what they did uh, against Florida Atlantic a year ago. Purdue 92, Alabama 86 in Toronto. I'm into it. Uh, Zach Eady, 35, Braden Smith, 27 quick math. That's 62 points. That's the most points. Uh, between two Purdue Boilermakers in the same game since the 1994 NCAA Tournament. Zachary 25 35 and 7, 12 of 20 from the field, 11 of 11 from the free throw line. Braden Smith, 27 points, 8 assists, 5 turno- uh, rebounds, 1 turnover, 9 of 20, 4 of 7 from the three-point line. It was enough with some of the support they got around them to hold off Alabama led by... 35 for Mark Spears. Sears, excuse me, not Spears, Sears.
1: (laughs) Check the box score at halftime. Saw oh, Alabama's made 13 three-pointers. That explains it. Mm -hmm. Can they continue? No. It really, from an Alabama standpoint, it is that simple, right? They win this game because they shoot the lights out for 40 minutes and you just go, there's nothing you can do because it's going to happen sometimes. But Purdue is good enough offensively, and especially when Zach Eadie is feeling very comfortable back in his homeland, that you got to play for 40 minutes, and they're going to keep themselves in the game and make you keep making threes, because that's all you're going to take. And you end up 19-46, to and when Zach Eadie's that good and Brainsmith's that good, that's just not enough to beat Purdue for an Alabama team that is definitely not as talented as last year's and just not playing all that well at the moment.
0: This Alabama team, I think, is going to end up in a spot that's very similar to the way the 2021 22 team uh ended up. That team went 19 and 14, was 28th at Kempom, uh, 16th offensively, 92nd defensively. That right was now the they weird are...
1: team that just started beating really good teams and then lost to bad teams, right?
0: Correct. Yeah, Correct. yeah, yeah. Yep. A, that's absolutely a very what weird... this team is. had some yes. very weird performances. This was a team that beat Gonzaga and Houston yes. in the same seven day stretch. And also lost to Davidson and Memphis in the same month. Went, you know, lost to Missouri, lost to Georgia. Um, I think that's going to be very similar. This is a yep. team that on the right night, like they shoot the lights out. Sixth in the country in three-point field goal percentage. Um, but they don't play any defense. Um, they don't force turnovers. They don't, they don't really do anything defensively. And so there are going to be nights where... Uh, they're going to put up 86 on a good team and beat them. There are going to be nights where they put up 86 against a good team and can't stop anything that the other team does, uh, like this particular night or particular players on, on other teams. And there will be nights where they can't hit the broadside of a barn and as a result are going to lose to some teams that make you scratch your head. It's going to be a roller coaster with um, with Alabama this season. Um, and with that being said, it's it's not like their three losses are to bad teams. It's just uh, they're not they're not the elite of the elite that they were last year.
1: No, they're having a hard time, kind of yeah, finding other ways to generate offense because they don't have Brandon Miller, right? And so it's three point three pointer or bust. And defensively, they're not good enough to hang in games where they're not shooting the three well. Just because they're shooting the three all well doesn't mean they're going to beat the best teams in the country. Yeah, they just. The floor is still pretty low and the ceiling is nowhere near as high, maybe even not as high as it was two years ago when you knew they could beat anybody in the country if everything went their way. Mm-hmm. Not even sure this team can do that. Uh, cool to see Zach Edey back in Canada. Matt Painter was definitely making an intentional effort to have this moment for him, which was really cool. Yeah, And boy, did he deliver. Not, like, like you said, knocked on all his free throws just to show off a little bit. I've, I've talked about before where I am on Purdue. I still feel very good about them and these are the kind of games they can win even when the other team scores 86 points.
0: You don't have to sit here and convince me about Purdue. I want nothing more than Purdue to to <laughs> wipe the floor with everybody. Zach E.D., just an update on his uh, defend his oh, National yeah. Player of the Year oh. campaign. Uh, 24.8 points, 10.8 rebounds per game. That's first and sixth in the country respectively uh, off to a good a pretty good start for the big guy from Canada.
1: He's also now up to 10th all time on produced scoring list I believe, yes, he right? Is. Yeah, Past it's, Robbie it's Yes.
0: Yeah, I think I think Hummel was 10th or something like that. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a Buddy about that not not too long ago. I think we we crunched the numbers a little bit and he's like basically on pace to be a lock to be the second uh, player mm. in, in Purdue history by the end of the season. Uh but I could be misremembering that. But I think that's where I think that's where we landed as long as he continues on the path that he is on 92 86 the Boilers beat the Alabama Crimson Tide. Josh, anything else?
1: Colorado delivered a very big win for me.
0: Smoked Miami. Yep. Just laid but, the hammer.
1: They've been fine so far but i've been waiting for that moment you know how i feel about this team they provided it today south carolina women got a scare from utah they did survived another really tough game those are my only other two notable things uh
0: Bronny james oh yes first first game of his of his college career um the trojans taking care of long beach state at the moment Bronny O of one from the field with an assist and a rebound USC Rocky start, but it's cool to see him on the floor uh, this quickly after, after the, the, the scare that he had medically in the middle of the summer programming note: instead of, this is a very slow week of college hoops. This is the, this is the gap week between the, between the end of all of these kind of really awesome High major matchups in non conference to the beginning of conference play. Really great Saturday, a week uh, just under a week from now, but not a whole lot happening in the next five days or so. So instead, we will do a Wednesday pod, a longer Wednesday pod, uh, revolving around what we've learned uh, heading into conference play. And then we'll do another Sunday pod, uh, kind of diving into what we saw on Saturday in particular, and then we'll get back into daily podcasts, uh, a week from, I guess, tomorrow technically. So that's the plan moving forward on the pod here. So the next time we see you will be Wednesday, uh, on the pod. So that's it for the under eight for today, Sunday, December 10th. It's four 57 PM. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to your shows, follow the pod on Twitter, TikTok and YouTube. We will see you Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here and we will see you.